the power of the blood. Thankful for the blood that has never, ever, ever lost its power. Right now, right now, that blood is sprinkled upon the mercy seat in heaven. Right now, man, you can call upon that blood. God sees us through the blood of Jesus. That place that we meet with God, that mercy seat, that place where His mercy triumphs over judgment, over everything that we've done. It's that place that we come where the blood is sprinkled and it's alive. It's actively working today on your behalf. The blood of Jesus. Wow, the blood of Jesus. What could wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood. He's not just covering over it. The blood washes it, washes it away to justify you, just as never it never happened. Man, the power of the blood. Isn't it awesome? Glory to God. Praise the Lord for the blood, for the blood of Jesus. We're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll look at so many next to say, the life of God dwells in me, and the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. We have victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, um, how many of you believe in divine appointments? Amen. I believe in divine appointments uh, because 46 years ago, I was uh, struggling to figure out what in the world I got saved for. Now, that may sound silly to you, but when I got born again at 15 years old, after having gone to church all my life, but realized, you know what? I'm not saved. Many of you heard my testimony. I'm not saved just in a youth group. So, man, I just broke down. I needed to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And uh, something happened in me that I, I realized. I'd been in church all my life, but when I prayed that prayer, something happened in me. And because I believed, because I went to church, I was going to heaven. When people just said, well, you're saved now. You're going to heaven. I thought, man, something, something else happened to me. And then about 46 years ago, uh, I ran into Pastor Mark, who wasn't Pastor Mark then. Uh, he was a youth pastor uh, in Longmont, and he came to my high school, and then he took me out to lunch and uh, started to talk to me about uh, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, miracle-working power, the ministry of the Holy Spirit being alive and actively working today to share the gospel with others, and it just went off on the inside of me. This is what I got saved for and began uh, the incredible journey and adventure uh, that we are on, that we're all on together from just a divine appointment and then, uh, you know, just a, a divine assignment. But divine appointments and divine relationships, they don't ever go away. And so because of that, we've had relationship with Pastor Mark and Janet uh, for all these years, never, it's never gone away, and they've come and imparted to the church. But I believe those divine connections, those divine appointments are going to be more important than we've ever known them to be in the days that we're coming into. And what we receive from those relationships and draw up from those and the impartations that come from those, 
I believe, are going to increase. And the revelation knowledge that God has is going to open up so that we can accomplish everything that God's called us to accomplish. And so they've been, uh, you know, uh, certainly a part of my life uh, for most all of my Christian life. They've been a part of my life uh, for the whole time that I have recognized I was called of God uh, into the ministry. And I so appreciate all the impartations that we've had and the teaching of the Word and the Spirit of God. Uh, Caitlin was talking to Pastor Mark about some things, hearing his voice um, uh, in a situation, and I was standing there listening and thinking, you know what, I hear that voice almost all the time. And uh, it's always that voice when I get into a situation, and uh, I've been in a few, I've called him a few times, and he will say, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And every time I hear that voice and say that, you know, your mind can get everywhere, going all kinds of places. But when that voice, that reassuring voice, not like, come on, figure this out, reassuring voice, you know it, listen to it, you've learned it, what's the Holy Spirit saying? It'll always turn and put you right on the right track. There's just words, there's voices that God, uh, voices that are significant that God puts into your life. And I believe for me, no, I don't just believe that Pastor Mark and Janet have a voice into our life and it resonates and it's there, but I believe they have a voice into your life and into the church because of the divine connection and the divine appointments. And I believe that this weekend uh, for the ladies and for us is, is a time of divine appointment that you'll take away something from the word and that voice that will stay with you. How many of you believe that? Amen. So I believe it's a significant, an appointed time. It may just seem like another Sunday, but God never just looks at it and says, it's just another day. He looks at people, he knows who's here, and he says, I have something for you that I want to put not just in your ears, but I want it to go down into your heart, and it'll change things forever. How many of you already have something changed forever? All right. Open up your hearts. Put your hands together. Give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome. As Pastor Mark and Janet minister to us today. Well, it's always good to get back here. You know, as I've said, ooh, I don't know how many years now, coming back here is like uh, home away from home. And uh, it's always a pleasure to come here. There's always a, uh, there's always a good presence of God in here. Um, I always know when, when we get into here that we're in a place where, where uh, this house is well fed. You know, there's no question about that. I, I, know what, I know what you feed on on a weekly basis and uh, monthly, yearly, whatever. So uh, it's always a joy and a, a privilege. And Pastor Mark and I have had a little time over the past couple of days to be able to hang out, fellowship a little bit. You know, uh, the ladies wouldn't let us come to the meeting, so we just went out for breakfast and anyway and I am counting on the fact that the uh, walls are still permeating the anointing of God I'm, I'm gonna plan to tap into that so heard you ladies had a great time and uh, that's wonderful so anyway but let's pray <coughs> father we thank you so much thank you for your goodness we do thank you for the blood thank you for the Holy Ghost Lord we're so grateful to live in the covenant we're under, to live in the day, the time we're in. Thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God 
being right now probably what we'd consider in the, in the fullness of his assignment on planet earth. And we're grateful for that. And Lord, as we have prayed so many times before, Lord, what we don't know teach us, what we haven't seen show unto us, what we haven't heard speak unto us. Ultimately, Lord, we ask you, prepare us for what you have prepared for us. We have such a knowing in our inward man. We've got such a knowing in our knower, the greater one living on the inside of us, that no matter what we see in the world system out there, we're coming into the greatest time the church has ever seen. And we're grateful for that, dear Father. You are getting us ready for what you're getting ready for us. And we trust you for that, dear Father. So we trust you and thank you for uh, utterance today, this morning, in Jesus' name. We give you uh, all the praise and the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, as I said, good to be here. And um, let's open our Bibles to, uh, let's go to um, John the 14th chapter. John the 14th chapter, and we'll start with verse 15. Um, what, a day to, what a day to live in. You know, we could, we're, in a, we're living in a day when, when you can either be concerned and fear or you can lift up your head and rejoice and shout and be glad. You know, um, uh, yesterday morning, uh, turned the news on to see what was on. Of course, you know, if you've watched it all, you know about the the war that's broken out in Israel with Hezbollah attacking and all that. And, and um, you know, uh, we, we've got a choice in times like this. We can look at that and go, wow, what's going to happen? Or we can go, wow, what's going to happen? Yeah. When you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head and rejoice for your redemption draweth nigh. Yeah. You know, we can look back at the 24th chapter of Matthew's gospel and, and uh, Jesus told us about a lot of things that would take place on planet Earth. And uh, those, are, uh, those are just... Uh, uh, growing pains. Those are, those, are, those are the earth crying out. You know, all the mess on the earth. The earth wasn't designed to have all this mess on it. And all creation's crying out and groaning in travail. Why? Because it's time, well, for one thing, it's time for the sons of God, sons and daughters of God, to rise up and act like sons, walk like sons, talk like sons, think like sons, do the works of sons. And I don't believe we're going to check out of this place. People say, well, maybe we could get caught up and raptured today. If we do, I'm still going in the first load. I'm not staying down here to prove any points. Uh, I'm, I'll, if we leave today, I'll be surprised and shocked, but I'll still go. Um, but, you know, um, uh, I really believe, uh, I believe it'd be a, almost a slap in the face to redemption if we all checked out and left before there was a, at least a pretty hefty remnant of people on planet Earth that are acting like sons. All creations groaning and travailing for sons of God to just rise up and be what we are. And so uh, just got a few things I want to share this morning, and, and uh, I'm going to start here in the 15th chapter of the book of, I'm sorry, the 14th chapter of the book of John, and uh, uh, Jesus makes this statement to his disciples. There's, of course, so much we could cover in here, but he makes the statement, verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, he's giving last minute instructions to his disciples, of course. He says, verse 16, and I will pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter. I like that. He didn't just say, I'll give you a comforter. He said, I'll give you another one. The essence seems to be, you're going to have somebody comes just like me. The only difference is I can be one place at a time and who's coming can be everywhere at the same time. He said, but I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter, paraclete, one called alongside to help, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, comforter, counselor, etc. All those things. 
The one who will bring all things to remembrance, lead you and guide you into all truth. We could cover, we could spend a week just on his jobs. He's the glory of God. He is the power of God. He, anyway. But it says, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. In other words, I'm going to be out of here, but I'm, when, when I go, I'll pray the Father and there's one coming that's going to be another one like me. Anything I can do for you in person, he can do for you any, anywhere on planet earth. And he said, um, He'll abide with you forever. He's not going to leave you. Okay. Now, verse 17, here's what we're looking for. Verse 17, he said, even the spirit of truth. If it's not truth, it's not the Holy Ghost. It doesn't line up with the Bible. It's not the spirit of God. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him, not neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. Now, that's the verse I want to get to for a little while here. Um, you know, if you go back through, starting in... Genesis 1, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. We know the, the first chapter of the book of Genesis, creation. And if you notice in there, you know, we say, well, God spoke it all in, into existence. Well, he did, but he never spoke until he sent the Holy Ghost out there first to be the confirmer of his word. He showed us the way the system works. It always is through the spoken word, but the spoken word only works because the Holy Ghost takes hold of it. He's the confirmer of that. So anyway, so we look there from Genesis 1, and you go up the next, oh, roughly 4,000 years, and so we've got, we've got 4,000 years of, of the Spirit of God being with us. Didn't Jesus say, He's with you, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him, not neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, because He dwelleth, he dwelleth with you, and He he shall be in you. Isn't it interesting? He starts out, he says, he dwelleth with, with you. Well, 4,000 years. For 4,000 years of humanity, starting in Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2 in there, for 4,000, roughly 4,000 years, and then 30 years of Jesus being on this earth, so you add another, tack another 30 onto that, and then three and a half years of Jesus being in the fullness of his ministry. You go back to Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter on verse 17, Jesus said, um, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Of course, later on he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Well, when did that happen? When he came to this earth, he laid aside his mighty power and glory. He laid aside his anointing. He laid aside his privilege as the Son of God. He laid all that aside as the Son of God came down and lived as a man anointed by God, was the Son of God, but lived and walked and talked and did the works of, as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Okay, so we see all that. And so um, Jesus steps into, he goes to the river Jordan, he's baptized, comes up out of the water, the heavens open, the Spirit of God, the sons in bodily form like a dove, comes upon him. The Bible said God gave him the Spirit without measure. Okay, okay, Spirit of God came upon him. So we look at all this and we see we've got 4,000 years of the Holy Ghost with us. I mean, everything from, everything from the, the cloud, that, uh, a, cloud of, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night with Israel. Uh, we've got the burning bush in the, in the life of Moses. So for 4,000 years, we've got these times when we see the Holy Ghost with us. And so for 4,000 years, and then, of course, all the way through the ministry of Jesus, Jesus basically saying, you've had him with you on a constant basis for three and a half years, on, in, for, through, to you, through my life. So we got that. Then he makes this statement. He says, 
whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him because he dwelleth with you. But he says, now get ready. Or as they say in Oklahoma, something's fixing to change. <laughs> get ready because everything's going to take a, a huge turn in just a few short days here. He's been with you for 4,000, eh, roughly 4,031 years. He's been with you and he's done things. He showed himself mighty. He has, he has been the pillar of fire by uh, night and pillar of cloud by day, all that. So everything's going to change. Because when everything changes, because he's going to be in you. He's going to be in you. I, uh, 40 some years ago, I got a hold of a book by a man named uh, John G. Lake. Okay, John G. Lake, uh, I've got all, every book I've been able to find about him, by him, whatever. Um, amazing minister. He was responsible for starting about six, 600 churches in his lifetime, ran a whole denomination at one time. Uh, moved to Spokane, Washington after he was in South Africa for years. Uh, came back, moved to Spokane, started healing homes up there, and had hundreds, literally hundreds of documented miracles in there in a five-year period of time. I mean, documented means that they were sick, and the doctor said, you were sick, but you're not sick anymore. Proved out. And so I followed his writings for years, read those things. And I used to cry out and say, God, what did he have what did he have to operate like he had that we don't operate like today? Same Jesus, same Holy Ghost, same Father, same Bible, everything. But why did he have what he had and do what he did? Amazing miracles. Why, what did he have? Well, I kept reading through all these books, and I found a couple little clues in there. I haven't totally got it working yet, but I found some clues in there where basically I found one time where... Uh, where uh, Dr. Lake would he'd get up in the morning, get himself all cleaned up, ready to go. And before he left the house, he'd walk over and stand in front of a full-length mirror, and he'd point his finger in the mirror, and he'd say, God lives in that man. God lives in that man. Where that man goes, God goes. I read that one day, and I thought, that truth right there will change our lives. When we get to the point where we understand, it isn't God, come down and help me. It's God, you're already on the inside of me. It's not God come down and heal my body. I got the healer living on the inside of me. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken, make alive, and heal your mortal body by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Once we get hold of the fact he used to be out here, now he's in here. And that is probably the, the greatest truth. I'm going to start, there's somewhere else I want to get to this morning. <laughs> But to look and see that the greatest truth is to realize 4,000 years he was with us and all of a sudden we're coming into God's original plan where instead of being servants only, we're now sons and daughters. God lives on the inside of us. We've got his DNA flowing through our system. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What 1 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 15, I think it is. What know ye not that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Woman at the well. Jesus said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd be asking me for some water, because I got some water. It'll be a well springing up on the inside unto everlasting life. He kept trying to get this truth across. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This truth is, this is, a, this is what changed our life. Instead of the Holy Ghost being with us, 
And a lot of times, if we don't watch it, we get a mentality, oh, you know, God's going to come down and do some things, and God's going to show up, and He's going to help me. And yeah, there's truth to that, but the ultimate truth is it used to be God will show up and do something for me. Now He's come down and He lives on Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the expectation of His manifestation. He lives. Once we get to the place, I realize no matter where I am, He's in me. He's not just with me, he's in me. Well, God's with me, he's with me all the time. Well, I understand that, but let's take a step further. He's in me all the time. Yeah. Once we realize he's, he, he's, I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. I'm a million times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Why? Because the Spirit of God this, the, 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 went out there, took the Word, and created the universe. He lives in me. Yeah. I got a measure of the life, nature, and ability of God. I got the Spirit of God in me. Amen. You know, I don't have to be afraid. We were talking this morning, Janet and I were talking about, you know, the, the news with all, everything going on in Israel with the war breaking out, and uh, they said it's going to be long and difficult, it's the worst they've had since 1973, it's the worst they've ever had, you know, is this going to go globally, is this going to go around the world? Well, I don't know, but I don't have a concern about that because no matter where I go, I've got the greater one in me. I have the fullness of the Godhead living bodily. On the, he lives on the inside of me. I don't have to be afraid about anything out there. We got angels. Yeah, I got angels, and they'll do their job. But the, better than that, I've got, the, I've got the fullness of the Godhead living on the inside. Yes. And, and so everything changed when Jesus made this statement. He's with you. We kind of float past that sometimes. Yes, he's with you, but he shall be in you. Oh, no, that's the change in creation right there. Humanity, God with us, now it's the church with God in us. That, it wouldn't hurt us to go in front of a mirror every morning and just point, point our finger and say, God lives in that person. God lives in that person. He's not going to come and go. God lives in that person. Where that person goes, God goes, he doesn't know, not only goes with us, he goes in us. So anyway, and this isn't where I'm trying to get to, this is just the intro. So, if we look at that, we go through there, and, and first of all, when he begins, to, everything changed at that point. For 4,000 years, the best we could do would be a, a servant of God, ever since Adam's fall. The best we could do would be to be like Moses and be called a friend of God. Well, those were pretty good, but God had something better. He wanted something bigger than that. He wanted humanity to be raised up in his image and his likeness and filled with the Spirit. He wanted us to be wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. So what happens when the Spirit of God moves in us, we don't want to overlook or take lightly what He's done. Well, first of all, first of all, because the Spirit of God moved in us, first thing He does is He imparts the new birth to us. Okay? He's in us. Somebody had to come in us and do, inside do that. He, he imparts the new birth. He imparts righteousness, right standing with God. Nobody had that in the Old Testament. Nobody had the new birth in the Old Testament. Okay? Uh, he, he imparts the life of God, life, nature, and ability of God. And then he gets on the inside and he, he's our, uh, uh, well, take a, another step, he becomes our guide. Think about that. For 4,000 years, I mean, they'd put out fleeces, you know, uh, Gideon put out the fleeces. And, and for 4,000 years, they had to get leading through a prophet's ministry. 
Well, they had to go to the prophet to get a word. You know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? For 4,000 years, they had to go somewhere to some person, to some being, somewhere on the outside, so God could give them direction in their life. And all of a sudden, greater is he that's in you. You don't have to go to a prophet. In fact, if you do, you'll probably get the wrong information. The New Testament prophet is a real prophet, but not equipped to give direction. It was a directional gift in the Old Testament. It's a confirming gift in the New Testament. But why would God's not a ventriloquist? Why would he come and move on the inside of us and then throw his voice out here and guide us from the outside? The greatest truth anybody ever passed on to me was the fact that I got the, I've got a guide inside. Guide for life. I mean, from the, moment, from the moment I received Jesus, everything changed on the inside, and I've trusted that guide for oh, about 50 years now. It's just amazing. I've got a guide on the inside. See, once I get hold of the fact most everything I need from God, it's on the inside. I'm not looking for Him to come down and take care of me. I'm looking for Him to rise up and take care of me. He's living on the inside. Well, let's just go take another step, all right? We could spend, well, we could spend a week on that. Greater is He that's in us. We get conscious of that. Once that consciousness is there, fear has no room to move. Once that consciousness is there, there's no fear about accidents, there's no, no fear about the future, no fear about what the devil's going to do, no fear about what's going to take place in the Middle East. There, there's no fear about anything. Perfect love lives on the inside of me. It casts out all fear. So that's just a great starting place. But what happens is, I mean, that's, that's the... The, um, that's the major part. It imparts the new birth, imparts the righteousness of God, imparts uh, the life of God. He moves on the inside, becomes our guide. He moves on the inside, becomes our healer. Settles the issue of healing. Well, I just maybe God, maybe God wants me sick. Well, if he wanted me sick, he shouldn't have put the healer on the inside of me. And said, if he's in there, he'll heal quick and make alive and heal my mortal body by the spirit that dwelleth in me. But let's take another step here. Okay, we take another step and we go, okay, so there, there, there are different workings of the Spirit of God. And he really, from the time Jesus went to the cross, died, buried, rose again, went to the Father's right hand, prayed the Father, the Father poured out another comforter. The Spirit of God moved down here in the fullness of his earthly ministry. From the time he did that, everything changed. And um, if he's in the fullness of his earthly ministry... I'm saying all this because there's, there's something coming. There's something coming beyond anything this world's ever seen. We've, seen. we've seen the miracles in Egypt. Nothing. We've seen the healing revival, 1947 to 1958. Great. We've seen the Pentecostal outpouring with Brother Seymour on Azusa Street. Wonderful. But I'll tell you what, after 4,000 years of humanity, Old Testament, after 2,000 years uh, of the New Covenant, you mix all that together, we've got our feet just about moving into the greatest outpouring of God the world's ever seen. God calls it the rain. In fact, he's got it sold down to just almost a, a, a formula. Jesus is coming back, but he's coming back for a harvest. Harvest is coming up because of rain, and rain comes because the church prays. So we're just, all we need to do is learn what the rain is and learn how to work with the rain. What is the rain? Hosea 6 verse 4, I think it is, verse 3. If we follow on then to know the Lord, we'll know his goings forth shall be prepared for us just as sure as the morning. And he, God, shall, he, God, God, all right, he, God, shall come to us, 
Somebody goes, well, he's already come to us. He poured out on the day of Pentecost. No, he didn't just say he'd come to us. He said he'd come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain to the earth. Former rain is the book of Acts. That's a drizzle. Latter rain is a gully washer. We're coming into something that the planet earth has never seen before. We're coming into an outpouring of the presence of God, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Every nation, every tongue, every kindred, and every tribe is going to have an opportunity to hear about the King of Kings. Amen. We're on the edge of something. I'm more stirred than I've ever been before. We're getting, I mean, I, well, I haven't got time. Anyway, another time. But we're on the edge of something, but what we need to do is we need to get to know the one who's going to be in charge down here. Well, Jesus is the head of the church, yeah. God the Father, is in he's in charge, yeah, I understand all that. But he sent somebody down here to be not only with us, but to be in us. And we need to learn how to cooperate with the greater one in us. Because no matter where he sends us, we've got a guide on the inside. Yes. Now, first thing is to understand he's in me. That changed everything. Heard somebody say one time, well, you know, there really wasn't much difference between the old covenant and the new Oh, no, not much difference at all, except, well, uh, except going from a, a, a servant to a son, going from lost to, going, to being saved, going from unrighteous to being righteous. There's a, <laughs> the, the whole world changed. The whole world changed. The purpose, John G. Lake made this statement, the purpose of Jesus coming so he could die, died so he could be buried, buried so he could be raised, raised so he could be seated, be seated so he could pray to the Father and pour out the Holy Ghost. The day of Pentecost was the purpose of redemption. So God could come down and fill the earth with his presence and his glory. Raise up the church. Now, now you take that and moving along here. Um, I, now, I don't know about you. I, you know, I, I was... I, I grew up in a church setting, a nominal denominational church. I think they preached the new birth. I never stayed awake long enough to find out. I don't know. But uh, went off to college trying to get away from God, and I ran right smack dab into him. And um, my mother was going to all these women's aglow meetings. She got, filled with, she got filled with the Holy Ghost praying for me and had all these ladies around the state of Michigan praying for me. I couldn't get I finally said, Mom, would you please get your, your friends off my back? I said, they're making my life miserable. But she didn't stop them. But anyway, so, so, you know, I, so I went to a meeting November 1972. I was at College of Michigan State University. Um, any long story. Uh, out there wasting a lot of time. Didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And um, had a couple different ideas. But anyway, I uh, went to this meeting. Somebody, somebody just... Just, this guy just in my dorm would not leave me alone until I went to his meeting. I said, if you leave me alone, I'll go to your meeting. He said, you go and I'll leave you alone. I went one night, went second night, walked the aisle, prayed a prayer, and here we are 50 years later. But anyway, anyway, so I, I, all of a sudden I didn't understand. I didn't understand anything. I just knew when I walked out of that building, something was different. Why? He'd moved from the outside to the inside. The leading of the Holy Ghost was so obvious in my life. I didn't know what that was. All I knew was there, I always knew what to do in so many situations. There's something just from my inward something. There would, it was this, something would just come rising up from the inside. I didn't know it was the Holy Ghost. I didn't know he'd guide you. I didn't know anything. I just knew I saved. All I knew was I'm not going to hell anymore, and that's all I care about right now. So um, 
But that's part one. But then later on, I thought there's got to be something more. There's something more. What's something? What's this something more? Well, I got around some of these wild-eyed Pentecostals praying in tongues, and they were they. And these were wild. These were old, wild-eyed, old-school Pentecostals. I mean, crazy. But I thought they're crazy, but they're fun. I like being around these people. Anyway, went to a Thursday morning retirees prayer meeting. I'm always be thankful for the retirees. Went to a Thursday morning retirees prayer meeting at the church. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, I realized, I thought, this, this, I know this spirit. I know who this Holy Ghost is. He, he moved in me when I made that decision in Lansing, Michigan in November 1972. Here I'm about a year and a half, two years later, and I, it's the same Holy Ghost, but something's different. Well, you look back there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the disciples were talking to Jesus, and he says, but you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, God got us over to the place where he could live in us. Now he wants another working of the Spirit where he can have him upon us. Working in us is for character. That's what the new birth should do. If we're born again, we should have fruit. We should have character. It used to be people thought, well, I don't need all that fruit. I just want power. Well, we shouldn't have power. Instead of fruit, we ought to have power because of fruit. So really, the, the new birth on the inside of us, the Spirit of God in there, first thing He should be doing is imparting the nature of God, which is integrity. And it's character. For any believer, we ought to have character working on the inside of us. Integrity is what you do when nobody's looking but God. Okay? That's a joke. But anyway, integrity is what you'll be doing. Character is who you are and what you are. That's what, that's what the Spirit of God in us, if we let Him, that's what He'll produce. He'll bring the fruit out of us, working all the fruit. But He didn't want us to stop there, take that fruit and put something behind it and have not only the, not only have the Spirit within, but have the Spirit upon. I didn't know what that was, but I'm telling you what, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I can still remember there were about eight or ten little old ladies in there in that retiree's prayer meeting. They had, they had me on my knees. They had like two on this hand, two on this hand. My, my arms were numb. My knees were numb. One's hollering, ha, let go. Another one's hollering, hang on. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Finally, I said, God, I don't, I'm not letting go. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just giving up. Ah, God, this is crazy. About that time, power God hit me. I started speaking in tongues. About two ladies jumped back and said, Woo, did you feel that wind blow through here? I thought, no, but I'm speaking in tongues. Now, but, the, the, but now all of a sudden it's the spirit of within, but now i got the spirit upon. And you mix those two together, you take power upon you, mix it with integrity and character on the inside of you, and you're unstoppable. We shouldn't trade off one for the other. We shouldn't get filled with the Holy Ghost and quit having character. It ought to magnify our character. All right? So, we could go on and on with that. I mean, and just, just that terminology. You go to, to uh, Acts, the 8th chapter, I think it's verse 6, where they, uh, you know, Philip had been to the city of Samaria and preached Christ and so on. When uh, Jerusalem heard that they'd received the word of the Lord, they sent Peter and John that they might pray for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he'd fallen upon none of them. They'd gotten born again. The whole city got saved. They'd gotten born again. They had the Spirit within, but they didn't have the Spirit upon. So I've always been grateful that some people were patient enough with me to stick with me until I could get into a place where I could have not only the Spirit within, but the Spirit upon, and then the two get together, you're an unstoppable force. You're a world changer. It's not one or the other. It's when we get the two of them working together. 
And you find that terminology all through the, the, the book of Acts. Acts the 19th chapter. Acts the 10th chapter. Uh, as Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon all those that heard the word. Because they heard him speak in tongues, prophesy, magnify God. So we look back there. So we've got the spirit within, which is for everything we are, makes us who we are, makes us what we are. But then we have the spirit upon us for power, for spiritual gifts, for ministry gifts, for power to be a witness. God doesn't want us just to go witness. He wants us to be witnesses. Okay? He wants the power of God working through our life. Man, I remember I first got filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what that was, but all of a sudden I knew things I didn't know before. Word of knowledge began to operate in my life. I didn't know what word of knowledge was. But all of a sudden, I wasn't operating as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I was barely a Christian. But all I knew is once the Holy Ghost came upon me, all of a sudden things started working. All of a sudden, I'd be in situations and I knew things that I wouldn't know if God didn't show them to me and I didn't even know God was showing them to me. Yeah. That's a part of being a believer. Yeah. Well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist. No, but are you a Christian? Get filled with the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden, here's this power to be a witness. Okay? Don't stop with the Spirit within. Move on over to the Spirit upon. And then just keep exercising both. The more you pray in other tongues, the more it exercises what's upon you. The more you pray in other tongues, it'll exercise what's in you. But the part I want to get to. Okay? This is the part that I believe we're... This is what I'm convinced okay? Time will prove it out. This is the part I'm so convinced that um, it's going to be a necessity. And I believe it's going to be by the church praying for it, um, learning how to cooperate with it. It's just, it's one more facet of the Holy Ghost. We've got the Spirit within, we've got the Spirit upon. What we need now is the Spirit among. See, spirit upon is for character. Spirit, I'm sorry, spirit within is for character. Spirit upon is for power. Spirit among is for demonstration. There's a lot of demonstrations God wants to do, but he's got to have an atmosphere to be able to do it within. It's not just, it's not just having a pastor or a guest minister or somebody operating in the things of God. God's wanted to get so thick in the church world today that it's not just the spirit in the spirit on it's the spirit among god he's shown us that part all through history think about it um second chronicles uh fifth chapter dedication of solomon's temple the bible said the singers and the praisers became as one they were singing for the lord's goodness mercy endures forever so on suddenly didn't say suddenly the people were filled couldn't be filled. They weren't born again. You can't fill something that is not already alive to God. It wasn't the people filled, but suddenly the place, suddenly the place was filled with a cloud. What's that? That's the spirit among. He couldn't be within, so it's going to be hard for him to be upon, but he can sure come and move within. Suddenly, 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 singers and the praisers became as one. They were singing, you know, for the Lord's goodness, mercy endures forever. Suddenly the place was filled with the cloud. So the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. We called it the glory. He called it the glory. What it is, is it's the, it's the presence of God among. Well, fast forward a few years, get to the book of Acts, okay? 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. See, he wanted to get them filled, but first he wanted to get the place filled. He wanted to go from the, from the corporate anointing, from the, the, the presence of God among to where he could get it over and get it on the inside of the new temples he's got there, the new believers. And you follow this through, my goodness, go through uh, Acts 4. Remember back there, Peter and John are commanded to preach and teach no more in the name of Jesus, returned to their own company, reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard that, they lifted their voice to God with one accord, and they began to magnify God anyway. He said, now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all... What are they looking for? Now we need demonstration. Okay, man at the gate called beautiful gets healed. The demonstration gets the attention and 5,000 men get saved. Now, now they're getting a hold of the fact it's not just the spirit within. It's not just the spirit upon. Now we've got to have the spirit of God among. So they said, now Lord... Uh, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the, the place was shaken. I've seen, I've, we've had meetings over the years, I've seen people fall out and shake. I mean, lay on the floor and just shake for an hour. I've seen all that. I, I'm waiting for the people to stop shaking and the building to start shaking. So anyway, so... So the building shook, okay? The place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak the word of God with boldness. Go to the 16th chapter. Paul, uh, Paul and Silas are imprisoned, innermost prison, backs open and bleeding. At midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, the foundation of the prison began to shake, and all the doors flew open, and everybody's bands fell off. It went from an individual anointing on two guys singing to this corporate anointing, to this spirit among, and shook the prison, and all the doors flew open. Now, we could go on and on about this. I just want to give you a couple stories here. I, there have been times, probably the most life-changing things I've ever run into as a believer have been times when I've been in meetings where there was not just the spirit upon the speaker, the minister, I've seen a lot of those, but when, the spirit, when all of a sudden it jumped off them, got so big it jumped off them and jumped over into the building. I can look back and see times when the presence of God was so thick, you couldn't walk in that. We did a meeting, actually, it was, uh, goodness, we were just before we were married, we were on a, in a, traveling in a, in a bus for Brother Hagen, went to a church in California, and uh, this wild guy named Ed Dufresne was the pastor of the church. We'd never met him before. We're doing a service at his church, and I, I won't take time to go into the whole thing, but... There was a group of us. They had a singing group. I wasn't part of the singing group. They wouldn't give me a mic. But um, I was the speaker for the group. We'd prayed for the sick. We'd done everything. And we're done. And Ed gets up and he goes, oh, I need to pray for these kids. Is that all right? We said, sure, whatever. You're the pastor. And I'm telling you what, for about the next two, two and a half hours, I don't have a clue where I was. I spent some time back, back in this area. They had all this area with all kinds of plastic plants and everything back there. I fell back in there. I don't know how long I stayed back there in the plants. Uh, they had big, big um, monitor speakers here. 
the next day I said to the music group, I said, man, I, I heard all over. I, I got bumps and bruises. Why? And they said, no wonder you heard all over. You fell over the monitor speakers four or five times. You'd fall over there, land on the floor. Man, you spent most of the evening on the floor. You couldn't stand up. You could not stand up in the whole front part of that building. I tried. Now, I could give you all kinds of illustrations of that, but I'd never been around anything like that in my life. It wasn't just on the pastor. It wasn't, sure wasn't on me. It was this presence that came among. Now, I know what it'll do in a, probably half of the building. What I'm looking for is what it'll do in a whole building. What I'm looking for is what, what, what could happen if that presence came down and engulfed the city? You think God could do that? Well, I do. Let me finish with this. I've got a couple illustrations, but one of them would be um, one that many people have heard of. Uh, R.W. Schambach, somebody asked him one time, said what was the, he was the platform man for A.A. Uh, a. Allen back in the healing revival, 47 to 58. Somebody said, uh, Brother Schambach, what was the greatest miracle you ever saw with Brother A.A. A. Allen? He said, oh, I know what that was. There was a, a lady in Knoxville, Tennessee, 1959, Knoxville, Tennessee, had a little boy three years old. Little boy was born with 26 diseases or things wrong. One half of his body was paralyzed. His tongue hung out the side of his mouth, wouldn't come back in. He'd never spoken a word in his life, couldn't walk. His feet never, never developed. His hands never developed. His whole body was just um, 26 diseases or 26 things wrong. Doctor said this is the most poorly developed child we've ever seen in the state of Tennessee. It would take a miracle of God to straighten this child out. Took all the money she had, put him in her old car, and drove to Birmingham, Alabama, to where A.A. Allen was ministering. Said, got to the end of the last night, and Brother Allen, okay, the individual anointing, anointing on him, Brother Allen had a vision. He said, there's some mama here. You got a little boy here. The doctors have said he'll never be normal. He'll never live past the age of six. He's got 26 things wrong with him. So, he said, no, I see this in the vision. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that mama's here. That little baby's here. Mama, are you here? Said that lady, grabbed that little boy, had it, still had him in her arms, three years old, never developed, no feet, no hands, no eyes. His eyes were just this milky color, had never spoken, his tongue's hanging out the side of his mouth. Everything, everything plus was wrong with him. She comes running down there. He takes that child, puts it in his arms, begins to pray. Said all of a sudden, these two little whirlwinds came over his face and both eyes popped open. Beautiful blue eyes popped open. Tongue slapped back in his mouth. He says, Mama, Ma never spoke a word in his life. Put him down. His feet popped out, grew feet, grew hands, grew legs in front of the entire crowd. I, I got a, I, on the picture in my iPad, I got a picture of the mama holding this little guy before the miracle. Amazing thing. And put him down on his feet and he took off running. I mean, he's gone from never taking a step in his life. Okay, so this is before the whole crowd. Now, that is the anointing that operated on A.A. A. Allen. Okay? And you can go through, oh my goodness, I, I've looked through and just, I've seen things, I've seen pictures of things that God used this man for. But, they, but every article will say, but it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. It said, what happened was, um, all of a sudden, the presence of God that was on him to get that little boy healed went out and moved through the entire tent. Filled the tent with that presence. It went from the anointing within, the anointing upon, to the anointing among. Filled the tent. And they said all of a sudden, 
All of a sudden, there's a wheelchair section. Everybody jumped up out of their wheelchairs, took off dancing. There was a section of, uh, of, of gurneys or stretchers. Power God moved over there. Everybody on a gurney, everybody on a stretcher jumped up, took off running. There was a, a whole group that had come from the school for the blind. They were in the way in the back. And all of a sudden, they came running to the front to throw down their canes, their red and white canes. Said people were running from everywhere. Back in those days, hearing aids were bigger, you know, and pocket size. People were running from everywhere, throwing hearing aids all over the platform. They said within a few moments' time, every person in that tent was healed by the power of God. When that presence moved in, that's why... You watch. You watch where we're headed. Don't let what you see affect what you haven't seen yet. That's where we're headed. You mark my words. We're going to see that presence come in. It's going to fill places like this, but these aren't going to be able to hold that presence. It's going to have to get out on the property. I've just got to say one more thing and I'll be done. There's a friend of ours. He's over in heaven now, but had very, very unusual ministry. Um, God moved him to the city of Tulsa many years back and and uh, had a pulpit ministry, incredible pulpit ministry, internationally. But God told him to go to Tulsa and pray. So he did. He raised, a, he bought a building, and he just started a prayer center. And some friends of ours knew him very well, and they said, they said he told him, he said, I've seen things by the Holy Ghost. He walked in the prophet's office, no doubt about it. He said, and that prophet's a seer. He said, I've seen things by the Holy Ghost. He said, I've seen the presence of God engulf this city. This is Tulsa. I've seen the power of God engulf this city. He said, I've seen every highway coming into the city with traffic backed up trying to find a place to go in the city. I've seen people coming from all over the country to get to the city. He said, I've seen cars stop and people get out of their cars and run out and lay, lay down in the field by the exit ramp because the place was so saturated with the presence of God, they'd lay down in the field and their bodies would get healed. Now he's, he's telling all this and I'm going, I believe every word of it. But that's not just Tulsa, that's just the place God sent him to pray. God's looking for places. You mark my words. Churches won't hold people. Stadiums won't hold the people. Soccer or football stadiums won't hold the people. It's going to take places where the city will open up. But Old Testament talked about how he'd pour his rain upon some cities. Not just churches on cities. This might as well be one. Let's stand to our feet. Es un grande que es chita Elisa Mafria. Amoke es sotala amushita es sote eno no boko. Ayata usame isonene ayama va i so tele ebushiate. For this is the time for the church to be the church, believers to be believers. This is the time for those that are filled with the Holy Ghost to rise up and be expectant, be walking the walk, talking the talk and expecting the outpouring. And say not, oh, this will never be here, this will never be there. Begin to open your mouth and say, it's coming our way, it's coming our way, and it's coming in our day. And when you see the powers of darkness saturating places around the world, remember to stop and think about what you've heard. It'll surely come to pass, but use your words, use your faith, use your hands, and you'll be involved in the middle of it. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody say, that's me. I'm going to be in the middle. Thank you, Lord. I'm a believer. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Pastor, I'm going to turn this over to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
Hallelujah. You can be seated for just a moment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Not just the spirit within, spirit upon, spirit among us. Amen. We have so much to, to do with that expectancy of the spirit among us. Amen. So, I, I mean, I invite you to stay for the to, uh, next service. I believe there's just going to be a building of those things and come back tonight as we join uh, in that. I believe we're going to uh, see God confirms his word with signs following. We're going to see uh, more as we have that expectancy, the spirit amongst us and uh, what God will do. Amen. And so just, uh, you know, adjust things around and, and uh, make time to be here uh, tonight. And if you can stay for the second service. Uh, because I believe God wants to teach us some things. And uh, amen. How many of you were taught the word this morning? Amen. The Bible says we're taught the word. We communicate with the teacher in all good things. And uh, as often as we have an opportunity, Paul said, uh, that we do good, especially to those of the household of faith. And so we have an opportunity to reciprocate. Uh, I know most of you uh, know this and understand this, but uh, we've received spiritual uh, impartation from the Word of God. Uh, if you're listening and God's producing things in you, you can go out and know this week that the Spirit of God is in you. You're not waiting for something to come upon you that you can, uh, or uh, come from the outside. You know the Spirit of God is upon you, right? And so you've learned some things that will help you to be aware, to minister as God wants you to wherever you go. And it'll keep going. If you listen over and over. So we've received something that's eternal, something that's ongoing. Paul said, when you understand what you've just received, then to communicate back to the one who imparted that to you is no big deal. In fact, it's an opportunity and, and a joy to communicate of a natural substance to the one who imparted something spiritual for your growth, for your life, uh, for your ministry. And so when we have the opportunity to give and communicate an offering, we're communicating uh, so many different things, but one of those is the value, the understanding of the value of the spiritual impartations from the Word and the Spirit that we receive and that we have the opportunity to communicate with the teacher in the natural substance that God has blessed us with. Amen? So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. You can by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. And if you're given by text, the number is up there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. Just hear a message like that, and the Holy Spirit just starts confirming in you, right? It starts working in you, creating vision, opportunity, insight. As the power of God's on the inside of us where you might have been lacking, waiting for God to do something, you realize, wow, he's right on the inside of me, working to will and to do, developing things on the inside of me. Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me, right? Just get you all stirred up. How many of you are stirred up? <laughs> Come on, God's trying to stir you up. Praise the Lord. Amen. We ready? Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have, God, to receive from you. We've just opened our hearts to receive that which you have for us. I pray for each and every person. Father, that the enemy, I rebuke the strategy of the enemy to take anything planted. And it won't take place, but it'll go down, be cultivated, watered. There'll be 30, 60, and 100 fold. 
that that which has been seen, that which has been prophesied, that which is known by you concerning the Spirit of God amongst us, concerning this, what you have planned that we're stepping into even now, stepping over the threshold into what we would say a move of God. But there's the workings of that. Even as we've heard your word today, a development of that in a greater measure, that we would take it, we'd be aware of it, we would understand it concerning our life, our family, our church, our city. And the understanding and awareness of that opens up so many different things concerning this revival, this move of God that we're not waiting for, but we've entered into. We've received your word for greater understanding that we are in it right now. For you are in us, you're upon us, you're working amongst us. And our awareness of that, our participation in that will continue to grow and grow and grow. So we thank you, Father, for those impartations and the opportunity that we have right now to give, to communicate back with the teacher and all good things. As we enter into that relationship of giving and receiving, we declare the promises of your word to come upon each one, to overtake them, that blessing to come upon them and overtake them, to enrich them, to supply for them, to cause them to have enough then to give again as the gospel goes forth. All grace to abound in their life with all sufficiency in everything. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. After the bucket has gone by, you can stand up. Praise the Lord. We're just going to continue on. We're going to have an awesome day. Receive everything that God has for us. Not only in this building, but be aware as you go out from here for lunch, whatever, what uh, God might have you to say uh, in communication with other people. Uh, just, Just be aware of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Be aware of the anointing that's upon you. If you're together with other believers, just watch. Even if you're eating lunch, there can be a spirit amongst you, not just for each other. But I've seen waiters and waitresses' lives changed coming in contact with believers at a table. Just telling you, get your expector up. Because God wants to do something. Amen? Praise the Lord. We'll say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.